0: This call is being recorded.
1: And welcome back to another Shays Bippy Modcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Thomas Murphy, along with my my partner in in crime,
0: (laughs) Mike Diabate. (laughs) How you doing, Mike? Um, great Murph, uh, great pun there. I really, I love that. I'm always, I'm big on play on words and things of that nature. So I love it. Uh, you know, partner in crime. I think it fits very well for this podcast. So. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it
1: does. It works out. Uh-oh. And 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 th- in this week's episode, it's a it's a partner in investigating crime, because uh, we're yes. we're taking a deep dive into um into one and only uh Donny Brasco uh this is a film that that we haven't uh we've both been looking forward to getting into for for quite some time and and i just i, I can't wait man i really really cannot wait for this movie uh every time it comes on the on the screen i'm i'm hitting either to get me to the movie or if i'm if i'm there in time it's recording it and unfortunately i didn't have it on the DVR and i i searched around low and high and it like like the last uh the last two cookies in the jar you you don't know who deleted them um but <laughs> this this was a fun movie um it was it came out just a little after uh um the godfather part 3 and everybody was, was kind of poo-pooing the Godfather Part three and a movie like Donny Brasco came along and, and pulled us back into a gritty, more mean streets style of uh of mob filmmaking. Um Mike Newell directed this movie um and it it was a bit of a surprise, um, the the thing that Mike Newell was uh known for before this film came out really was four weddings and a funeral he's a british director Correct. and um and it, they weren't quite sure about giving him the the you know the directorial chair for this one because he hadn't done anything like it before but that was that was really a stroke of genius on the part of the producers of this movie most american directors would have you know gone the Godfather route, gone the Francis Ford Coppola route, you know, the Scorsese Goodfellas uh, uh, route, or even, um, you know, uh, Sidney Lumet, when when he directed Serpico Mm -hmm. back in 73. And that didn't happen with with this movie. Newell uh, went in a completely different direction. Um, This is a movie about friendship. Uh, That's the bottom line. Uh, It's, it's, set in the the mob genre but this is really a movie about friendship between uh joe pistone played by johnny depp and um and and uh al pacino who uh who played the the fantastic or why am i at a complete loss for a name
0: right here at the beginning why why do i do that bud why do I do uh, Benjamin that? Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero Lef- is the Lefty. guy I believe you're looking at. Yeah, thank um, you. The Lefty, yeah, and, and the left hand does take on a a very significant, uh, you know, part in this movie, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I think you absolutely are spot on right here when it comes to Newell's uh, vision. I don't think this movie quite got the acclaim it deserves for cinematography. Um, I think there were some brilliant shots in this movie. This is one of the mm-hmm. very few movies that I can remember that begins and ends essentially with the same shot. Um, and yeah. people who haven't seen the movie, I definitely encourage you to do that because it bookends this movie so well. Um, and I think it's so fitting for both characters. Um, and it really does. It ends. It begins and ends with a shot directly on the eyes of Joe Stone as played by Johnny Depp. And I really want to give Depp a lot of credit in this movie. I know he's got a reputation as being a very quirky actor, a very, um, you know, niche-type roles that he takes on. This was much more out of his comfort zone, a different role than we're used to seeing Johnny Depp in. And I think he did a phenomenal job here um, with portraying this character of Joe Stone And the duality of the characters, to me, is one of the brilliant pieces of the film. Um, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, in a little bit when Murph and I start breaking down the plot line of this, but uh, you're absolutely right. In this movie Newell does go in a much different direction. Um, it's a much different role for Al Pacino. You know, yeah. Pacino is used to being the kingpin in movies. He's used to being the bombastic, charismatic leader that mm-hmm. comes in as, as, as a steam sealer and uh, steam sealer, steam stealer, excuse me, Hoorah. in every, yeah, hooah, exactly. I mean, you're used to seeing him play Colonel Slade. You're used to seeing him play Carlito and Scarface and all of these iconic movies where you just can't take your eyes off of Pacino anytime he's on screen. In this role, it's a little bit different. He plays much more of a subdued character. He has his moments, of course. He has his typical Pacino moments, but for the most part, he's playing a guy that is a little bit worn down by life, and I think you can really see a brilliance. King acting that you yep. may not see in some of the other movies that will probably chronicle on here, I'm sure, uh, a few of them that I've just mentioned. So, you know, it's really I think it's very difficult, uh, you know, to, um, you know, make a movie like this with so much um, background and so much genre that's out there in terms of how you should do it. And I think it's brilliant that you mentioned Coppola and you mentioned Scorsese and you mentioned Lumet and a lot of the the actors that have done movies like this, it Mm -hmm. was so easy for Newell to be intimidated and say, well, I have to do what they're doing because I'm out of my element here. He actually showed that he was very confident in his ability. Had a vision and put it into action, and I think that he's done that here with uh, with Donnie Brasco. And uh, you know, again, this is another one that I was really looking forward to chronicling. So um, I'm ready when you are, my friend. We can uh, we can kick it off uh, and break down the plot, and I can give you a little bit of interesting tidbits on a lot of this that uh, goes on. That's what I'm looking
1: forward to. It's it's my favorite. (laughs) It's my favorite freaking menu item. Whenever I walk into a Chinese joint, is tidbits. So, let, let, yeah, no, 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 man. Let's get into your tidbits here, bud.
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, um, we'll start off with, um, the as the, I, I had mentioned that this movie begins and ends with the same shot. And it essentially begins with Johnny Depp sitting at a bar. Um, and Joe Pistone, at this point, is in character a at a as shop. Donnie Brasco. It, oh, yeah. it's, it is a coffee shop? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's right, a bar yeah. at
1: the coffee shop.
0: That's right. Exactly. Yep, I'm sorry. And he's sitting there. Oh, no, no, no. That's okay. No, it's that's that's good. Like I said, mm-hmm. we Murph and I are going from pure memory on this, folks. So, yeah, you know, we've seen this movie, uh, you know, uh, countless number of times, and I think we'll be able to do a pretty good job with it. But if we do fumble with it, just, you know, bear yeah, with us. Uh, bear some with us. The tidbits we'll give you. Yep, we'll give some of the tidbits we'll give you uh, you know, I think uh, uh, you know, open your eyes a little bit on this one. But um Depp is essentially in character as Donny Brasco, but he's essentially Joe Pistone, an undercover FBI agent that was um assigned by the FBI to infiltrate organized crime in this area. And he's sitting at the bar right now. He's sort of a low level mafia hood, if you wanna really like put into character what he is pretending to be at this point. Mm-hmm. And he is introduced to Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero who is played by Al Pacino. And as Donnie Brasco he's sort of breaking into the business as this low level jewel thief and he's trying to tell you know lefty and his superiors that i have some jewels i have some valuables that i can go ahead and i can and i can sell you and it really i think uh lends into one of the more quotable lines in this movie which is the word fugazi which uh is really not credited to this movie but fugazi really becomes a big part of what the opening scene ends up being it's the way that depp is able to portray this character and it's the way that Roscoe is essentially able to keep his cover,
1: right. um, so
0: that he's not found out as Joe Pistone. And the way he carries himself impresses Lefty Ruggiero. It really makes him see that this guy is not easily rattled. He's not someone that is trying to be something that he's not, even though he technically is. <laughs> and yeah. I know that sounds a little a little weird and it sounds a little bit uh, fumbling, but it's so duality and. The level of reality as opposed to what is actually happening in this movie the dichotomy is so it's so gray that it's difficult right. to actually tell at times what these characters are really pretending to be how they're really going into it and it really i think lends into the plot line later on when we see the interactions between joker stone the man and his wife and his family. Yeah. And, and you his, see yeah. the importance and you really see the importance of his family to him. But he's so ingrained into this life as Donnie Brasco that he's really starting to lose his reality. But I don't right. want to get ahead of myself too much here. I don't want to, you know, really, uh, you know, jump around all over the place, you know. At this point, Lefty threatens the diamond dealer who he suspects that Donnie is being sold a fake ring to. And Donnie is like, I'm not buying that. That's a Bugazi. That's a that's, a, that's a, a fake. And it really, I think, endears these two characters to one another. It's Donnie's introduction to Lefty and his crew, yeah. but it's also Lefty's introduction to Donnie as a potential guy that could help to advance his career in the mob. Because Lefty, we see a lot of Lefty's... Um, He's teaching Donnie the rules of the Mafia and he introduces him to several made men uh, you know Sonny Black we see that's uh, introduced who is brilliantly played by Michael Madsen. We yeah. talked about Michael Madsen a few weeks ago um, in Reservoir Dogs and just another guy that really gives a tremendous performance no matter what he's in. Right. He's really made for movies like this and does a tremendous job um, in this movie. Uh, he introduces him to Nikki Santoro who's played by the late great Bruno Kirby uh, oh. and uh, one of you know one of my favorite character actors. Gone uh, too soon. We will soon. get to. We will get to his brilliant performance as a young Clemenza in The Godfather Part we're Two. We're gonna. We're gonna do um, a
1: career retrospective of of Bruno, of Bruno Kirby one day.
0: Yeah, yeah we, we've absolutely. Got to. Oh, we too. do. We we definitely do. Uh, gone way too soon and just brilliant in everything that he yeah. was in. And talk about versatility. I mean, the guy can do, you know, he can do buddy comedies yeah. like we saw him in City Slickers. He can do romantic comedies. We saw that in yeah. When Harry Met Sally and then go and, and do and switch gears and do, you know, mafia films and really just, I think, such a chameleon type actor that could do anything. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to wax poetically too much on him, but he deserves a lot of credit for not only the role he played in this, but but all of his work. So that's on the list, my friend, we will do that. Um, But Lefty is sort of introducing Donnie to the, the life of his crew. And you see Lefty kind of showing him the ropes, introducing him the difference between a friend of ours and a friend of mine, where he says, if you're a friend of mine, it means you're a connected guy. If you're a friend of ours, it means you're a mate guy. And that is the world that Donnie is essentially coming into. So, We do see that Donnie is now starting to endear himself into this crew. Lefty trusts him completely, and Lefty is really trying to advance him and almost helping him out, looking out for Donnie almost as he would a son. And his son, Lefty does have a biological son that is not really living up to left these expectations and not that he wants him into this world of crime and syndicate but he just there's a lot going on with his biological son and that comes to a head in a little bit we will we will chronicle that very briefly because i think that's a very big turning point in this movie um but he's also introduced to another we mentioned sonny black there's also another side of it sonny red whose real name uh in the actual book it's really not detailed too much in the movie uh the uh, um this book, this movie is based on an autobiography by Joe Pistone himself, Donnie Brasco, My Undercover Life and the Mafia. Uh, it was written firsthand by Joe Pistone with Richard Woodley giving a little bit of uh, literary background. But we reveal that Sonny Red's name is actually Alphonse Indelicato. Um, uh, say that six times, my friends. That's not easy. Even for a Bison like myself, I had to really kind of pronunciate that a little <laughs> bit too much. Um, but... Um, Brasco is starting to learn the inner workings of Letty's crew and how they work and whom they report to and who the big you know kingpins are and how he can work his way up and really infiltrate. At the same time we also see a lot of cutaway shots of Brasco as Joe Pistone. Uh some of my favorite shots in the movie are movie uh scenes that you see with his wife who was played by Anne Hinch. Um, and his children. And it shows the human side of Joe Pistone, that this is an FBI agent trying to do the best he can to make a life for his family, and this happens to be the job that he's assigned. At the beginning of the movie, there's a clear divide. It seems to be a clear divide between Donnie Brosco and Joe Pistone. Right. That line gets significantly blurred as the movie goes on, and you really see a lot of struggles uh, going on here. I think Depp really ca- really captured this role very, very well. I think he did a very good job of playing this role from start to finish, showing how this young man was so confused by the worlds that he was living in that it was almost difficult and almost impossible for him at times to be able to right. separate them. Um, one of the tidbits that I did promise you was uh, Johnny Depp actually we talked a lot about Bigo Mortensen immersing himself into uh the role that we uh, had chronicled the last time that we were on Shea Bippy, which was eight Eastern Promises and um, you know, really living in that world. Depp actually spent two months living with Joe Pistone himself, just immersing himself in what he did, learning everything he could, including mannerisms, how he used his hands to speak, things of you know, little subtle um characteristics that a lot of people would not pick up on because they didn't know the original Joe or really hadn't done a lot of work. But Depp really as his first quote-unquote biopic really wanted to capture everything that he had seen in this, you know, in Joe yep. in this role, um, and I know he had done, you know, Ed Wood and things like that before, but he really Depp was really very dedicated to portraying this role as as accurately as he possibly could. And he would go into, he would ask Joe stone where do these guys hang out? I want to learn their uh, mannerisms because, as he has put it, and I read an actual quote by Johnny Depp, and he says, "I was far from being a choir boy as a kid." He says, "But this is a role, and this is a world that I knew nothing about." Right. And he really wanted wanted to go into the world of the mafia and the underworld to find out how these guys acted, how they conducted themselves, and he said the one thing that really shocked him about organized crime members that he had either seen or observed, didn't have a whole lot of interaction. He wanted to stay very quiet. And he said that was the biggest takeaway that he had from guys that were involved and attached to organized crime. They didn't want to come in and be the life of the party. They didn't want to come in and have people notice them and look at them and all eyes on them. They right. really did everything they could to stay under the radar, to keep themselves invisible to people and not really um, drawing any attention to themselves. This was, know, the seven, while, this was
1: the mafia in the 70s. This was the mob exactly. in the 70s. This was not the mob of the 80s. This was not the Teflon Don mob where you, know, you were wearing $4,000 suits. These were the... The guys were the only time you knew who they were is because they were standing out in front of their club showing the flag um as right. as uh lefty uh you know told um golden when when he first went to introduce him that this is this is a different mafia movie or a different mafia than than maybe a lot of people our age might have um grown up with seeing in the newspapers, <laughs> right? There, there was, yeah. there was no newspaper. If there was newspaper coverage back then, it was a bad thing.
0: It does. And I think that's something that uh, Newell is very, very good at being able to to portray in this movie is he mm-hmm. doesn't glamorize the mob the way um, movies such as the Godfather or even Goodfellas or even Casino do in a lot of ways where it shows the, glamorous life of what it is like to be a gangster and even though it does show the difficulties it shows brutality it does portray these guys as like the rock stars of their era of their genre of their place in the world these guys take what they want they own what they want and no one can stop them in Donnie Brasco it shows a little bit of a different side of it Lefty Ruggiero is a guy that's a lifelong mobster. He's a lifelong mafia hood. He's worked his way up to middle management, but he's not quite at the level of a sunny black or a sunny red. And this really comes back to haunt him. It really comes back to bother him. You see that in a lot of the discourse that you see between uh, Ruggiero and Donnie Brasco slash Joe Pistone you see that he's very angry. And uh, I remember when, um, when the Bonanno family, who is the actual crime family that uh, all of these guys, Sonny Black, Sonny Red, they all end up working for the Bonanno family. And that's, that's the, uh, the, the really like blanket umbrella of the crime family that these guys belong to. Um, you see him, you see Lefty as he describes his role in this family to Donnie Brasco. And you see that frustration in him that, you know, I should be in you know, a higher, And he right. talks about Sonny Black. When the Bonanos family street boss is killed and Sonny Red now is going to assume that new position, Sonny Black now is going to become a captain. He gets Lefty is a little... It, Lefty's a little... Upset about this, he's actually more than a little upset about this. He really, you know, kind of bitches about it a lot to Donnie, and said, you know, like I provided for his family while he was in prison. You know, what's wrong with me? What's and you see that a lot in Pacino, and I think Pacino really plays this role brilliantly. Um, He shows that frustration, that relegation to middle management, that maybe a character that he is used to playing is not used to, and I think he plays it brilliantly. He shows that. Lefty tries to make himself out to be more than what he really is. And Brasco really sees a lot of that even when he goes to his house for Christmas dinner. And he sees yeah. a very humble apartment that he lives in. I mean, he's not living in dire straits by any stretch yeah. of the imagination, but it's a very humble life. It's a very, you know, um, simple uh, you know, existence for a guy in middle management. In the mob. It's not, you know, uh, it's not, you know, that he wears the bling and the rings on his fingers and right. things of that nature, but it's really all smoke and mirrors. And when you see Depp's character actually get a chance to look at how he lives on a daily basis, he's really much more of an average guy than he ever would have, would have imagined yeah. he, and living a very, very simple life.
1: Yeah. He, he's somebody that punches a clock that never punches out. Um, Sonny is, um, not Sonny, Lefty is, is a guy who, who is a criminal, but all the money that, that he really spend, all the money that he really earns gets bumped up. And this is what's left for him is this, you know, three bedroom, two bedroom apartment with a Barker lounger, a color TV set mm-hmm. and, and, and his Cadillac parked down on the street and right. you know he, he's lefty from you know 11th avenue or whatever street that he was living on and that was his reputation and that's who he was and you're right Depp, when he meets him and he sees this is how this guy lives um it really um connects the two characters on a different level than he was expecting um uh, uh like us, he, he he sees, like you said, that he sees the bling, he sees the rings on the fingers, but but this is all, this is all his uh, lefty suit of armor when he walks out of the house. When he comes back home, it's not really much of a castle, is it?
0: No, it's not. It really isn't. And I think there's a lot of compassion that Don yeah, Brosco and Joe Pistone, one in the same. And you start to see these characters really meld into each other. And Brasco mm-hmm. becomes Pistone just as much as Pistone is becoming Brasco, I think, a lot. And it yep. really leads to a very, very interesting internal character conflict that I think Depp does carry, uh, does capture very well in this movie, especially when um, Lefty reveals to him that he's been suffering from cancer for a number of years. And our good friend Brad Johnson pointed out to him, he says, I got cancer of the prick you yep. know and i mean that's that's a good way of saying that he probably has either penile cancer or or you know probably prostate cancer i think that's probably more likely uh but it's you know it, it's that this guy has dedicated his entire life to an, a world of of underworld really watching his back constantly worried about whether or not he's going to be all the way to jail yep. or killed and this is all he has to show for it and i think there's a lot that Really, kind of is revealed in the way Pacino plays this role, in the way really the character is in in real life. And uh, again, uh, in um, in Joe Pistone's book, uh, in, in Donnie Brasco, he you know he really kind of gives a very sympathetic portrayal of Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero, who is a guy that he feels was pushed into this life, never ever believed he would ever be able to be anything else but, but had these flashes of I could have been so much more either in this world or maybe even in another world, but was just so worn down by, the path that he chose, that he was too afraid to take any other chance. And we saw a little bit of this in Eastern Promises when we chronicled this the last time about people that were born into this life that never had any other option, uh, never saw any way out. So this was their life and this was what they dedicated each other to. They were real people that lived this life. And Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, it really was a good progression to go from a movie like Eastern Promises to this because we see the New York Mafia kind of in a different light. I think in a different portrayal than a a lot of the other movies that we've seen.
1: Well Lefty Lefty talks about this with Donnie um over and over again. His dream of, you know, buying a Bertram, buying his boat, and uh, and just mm-hmm. you know, just sailing off, just going off and getting away from all of this. He, you know, he he's tired of watching guys like Sonny Black get bumped up in front of him. He's tired of being not being the number one confidant like Bruno Kirby was with Nicky or or Paulie uh, mm-hmm. James Russo, another fantastic character actor, great performance. That, um, yep. that you, I, I can't. Th- it, it's terrible. If I ever met James Russo, I'd probably hate him because of all <laughs> of the, the terrible people that he's played in in his life and how well he's done that. It would probably yep. take ten minutes to go. Wow, this is a really great human being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, that that's you know, it, it's talked about being born into this life and 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 the the reality of it. And how he just wants to get out like everyone else and, and and um Donnie, you know, he he connects with him again. And like I said, this is a story about friendship. Um, uh, Lefty was his mentor. He he told him, you know, well, you, you gotta get rid of the, the mustache. You can't have a mustache. This is mm-hmm. this is how you dress. You don't you don't wear jeans. This isn't a this isn't a, a rodeo. Um right. how to how to carry your money. You know, beaner on the outside, in a, in a roll with a beaner on the outside, a hundred dollar bill on the outside, yep. um, and and more and more, uh, Lefty becomes his father figure, and as you said, Pistone becomes um, Lefty's son because you know he does, he has this son who's who's done nothing with his life. He he hangs out with his friends. He calls him a junkie. Um I don't mm-hmm. know if he's actually a junkie or he's just a guy who does drugs when you were when you in the seventies if you did drugs, you were a junkie that was right. it. that's that's the way you know fathers talked about well people talked about other guys um yeah. and absolutely it, the watching the watching all these other guys you know pass him by um really gets to him and at at this point, you know he sees sonny black um get bumped up to captain and he, he just realizes that this is it for him. It that was his shot to move up and it's if it didn't happen then it was never gonna happen. And he he starts looking for other ways out. And this is when um when uh when Depp brings him the the the, the cha- not maybe the chance but he he he, he said we've got he's got a friend who has a bar down in Florida. He's from Florida. Right. That's his background. Yeah. And we can go down there and we can take this bar over and, you know, it, it will, it would be like our, your retirement to go down there and, and run this bar. And I hope this is where you were going.
0: Absolutely, that is exactly where I was going. We've been doing the show for a little while now, so now we're starting to think alike, folks. A little so, bit. <laughs> our, our thoughts are going to be a little bit more connected, and and, and that's always always a good thing. But no, no that's a but Lefty is segue
1: all about. in on this. He he, he, the, uh, he sees this as as partial, it, not his way out. He'll still be bumping people up, but he won't he won't have Sunny Black breathing down his his throat every you know 20 minutes or 25 minutes. You know where, where's my money? Where's this? Where's that? You got to earn for me. He's gonna be down there. He's gonna be earning. He'll kick his stuff back up to, uh, to Brooklyn. But, but it, it, it's more or less, you know, the, the, um, the Del Boca Vista of of the non Seinfeld, um, crew. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. This is where you go to. This is where you maybe go to
0: retire. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's, and all of a sudden, you know, you see a light in Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero's eyes that you haven't seen before. It's almost like, yes, this is it, this is, oh, this is great, you know, Donnie, I knew you were in my life for a reason, and yep. this is it, you're going to give me my way out. And at the same time, Newell does a lot of cutaways in this movie to, de- and brings us back to reality that... There's no way Stone is still in this he's still somewhere lurking in Donnie Roscoe and you mm-hmm. see a lot of cutaways to his meetings with the FBI and at the beginning you see you know Joe Stone being a very good soldier yes I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and he does you know meet with um the FBI supervisor who really takes an interest in this case, and he looks at Pistone's success in being able to infiltrate the mafia. And at the same time, you see this crime family uh, and this syndicate of you know the crime family headed by Sonny Black and Nicky and Lefty and everything. There's montages all over the place of these guys pulling you know successful shakedowns and hijackings in Brooklyn. And Donnie collects more information for the FBI and really becomes more successful at his job by yep. doing that. And he's passing along this information so at this point the fbi is willing to take a shot and they say Murphy murph you had mentioned about he knows a guy in florida that has this bar down there the guy that he knows in florida that owns the bar is a fbi informant as well he's an fbi mm-hmm. agent undercover doing his job his name is richard richie Gotzo, and he's this guy that is going to be, you know, in a tandem with Joe Pistone. Exactly. Yep. Who can't <laughs> and get in. You be... can't
1: get in. They, 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 they want him to uh, infiltrate another family that's down there, the Traficanti family. And right. And he can't, he can't move up because the FBI stupidly sent in a Jewish guy to try to infiltrate the Italian mafia, and, and that that really that that may work out on, you know on a couple of levels you know uh, but it, it's really in nine in the 1970s that wasn't going down was it
0: <laughs> no it definitely was not there there is no possible way that that was going to go down and the only way that this guy was going to be able to get it in is to use Pistone, stone is to use yeah. donnie brosco to be able to get an in with the traficante family and be able to use lefty and sonny black and his crew to be able to do this so Essentially, Pistone is able to, as Brasco, he's able to utilize his connections, his savvy, and his ability to convince Sonny Black and everybody that he's going to be able to do this, and they're going to be able to make a ton of money with this, knowing that him and Lefty are going to be at the helm and doing this this job down there. And they do. They end up going to, to Florida, and they end up, there's a couple of montages of them, all the crew being down there, having a great time. And you start to see some elements of Lefty where he's starting to be not skeptical of Donnie, but he's starting to be a little bit jealous of Donnie, where Donnie is this young, good-looking kid that's coming up through the ranks. He's endearing himself to Sonny Black, and you get the impression that Lefty is starting to feel left out a little bit again, and he's starting to see that another one of his soldiers, and this one hurts more than anything, because he has looked out for Donnie as a son. He's given him all of the knowledge that he possibly could, really looked out for him and done everything for him. And you see this in a scene later where I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie where, um, you know, Depp and Pacino are having a uh, uh, an exchange in the car. Um, And they're talking about getting out and he says, you know, I've given you everything. I've done everything I had. I don't have any money, but whatever I had, I give you half. you know, I gave you what, whatever I have, I would make sure that you were taken care of. You start to see that in this movie. And you know, Depp's character is starting to evolve into Brasco. There's much more Brasco in Joe Pistone now than there is Pistone in right. himself. Um, he's becoming these people. And in one of the, in one scene that I really thought was very poignant, where uh, an exchange between him and his wife, where she says, you're becoming these people. He says, I'm not becoming them. I am them. I am them. And I think at that point, you start to see that Roscoe now is much more of a reality for Joe Pistone than Joe Pistone, the FBI agent. Um, And that really is where we lead to the big meeting between Santo Traficante and the crew that is headed by Sonny Black and you know, Donnie and Lefty are planning to run Richie's club. They're going to go down there. They meet with Richie. Uh, obviously, Joe Pistone knows the uh, the identity of Richie, but no one else does. And mm-hmm. these guys are ready to enter into this world where they're going to have this bar. And Lefty is really like, well, this is going to be us, Donnie. This is us on our own. This is how we're going to do this. And he sees Sonny Black come in holding a matchbook that has the name King's Court on it, which is the name of the bar that these guys are going to uh, to be taking over. And at that moment, you can see the betrayal and just the utter letdown um, on Lefty's face. Uh, again, Pacino plays this perfectly because this is a role he's not used to playing. He's used to being the guy that comes out on top. <laughs> right. For him to play this role, I think, is brilliant, and he does it in such a brilliant way. Um, and you see that that letdown of, of him knowing that uh, there's that element that has that has happened. This was supposed yep. to be his moment. Lefty even says that when he sees Central the honeymoon Trump, just became out of a
1: family the- vacation.
0: Exactly. Absolutely, and you see that even when Central Trafficante gets out of the uh, the Cadillac and he's ready to go on to the boat, which is aptly named the Left Hand, and you know, Pistone is able to use FBI, uh, you know, uh, funding to be able to secure this. It's actually an ad boat that they're yeah. on called the Left Hand. It makes it was designed to make Lefty look like such a powerful. You know, character is such a powerful mm-hmm. figure in this mob. But when he sees Sonny Black and he has that um, that matchbook, it's such a betrayal and such a punch to the gut. Um, and in one of the the more touching scenes of the movie, you see Lefty looking out at Sonny Black, and you see him with Donnie, and Donnie's wearing you know the the nice leisure suit, and he's shaking hands with Trafficante, and he's introduced by Sonny Black as a friend of ours, almost indicating that now. Sonny is gonna adopt Donnie as his right hand man He's and it makes welcome. Lefty it leaves Lefty out in the cold again and he opens up a card that he was going to give and Lefty opens up a card that he was going to give um that he was gonna give Donnie and it says From one friend to another and it has like a picture of a sunset and a palm tree yeah. and you almost get the impression this was his way of thanking Donnie and saying you and me forever, kid. This is it. This is until yep. the other day I die. I'm going to be there for you. And you're my guy. And he takes the card and he just tosses it in the water. And it's it's really it's a very heart wrenching scene yeah. for a movie that really is, like you said, about friendship. And at that moment, the friendship has severely been fractured. And you we wonder if that friendship is going to be repaired it sort of is in a way uh, as we get into you know the plot line a little bit down but that's essentially what's what's going on right now and you see donny brasco just become immersed into this world um, so much more so than he ever has been before, yeah. to the point where really Joker Stone is almost an afterthought at this point. Uh, there's very, very little of the Stone still left in Donnie Brosco at this point. Right. That Brosco character has really sort of taken over, almost to the point where you get the impression that he may not even be willing to work with the FBI anymore. Uh, it's gotten to the point where I think he's so fed up. He's ready to just cash in and be a part of this world. That's it.
1: That's it. And and just to circle back to that that scene that you were talking about with Ann Haze, his wife. The last time that he had seen her was you know, he, what people don't realize is this movie takes place over you know the usual ninety so minutes. This is six years. This was supposed to be a six month undercover operation that turned into oh, yeah. six years. And Maggie, um, played by Ann Haze, at, at one point when they're arguing in the house, that she never sees him. He's never there. He even missed his daughter's first communion. You know, she yeah. lives her. She says to him, "I live my life as a widow. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. That, that's the only thing because I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. This is not the man that I married. I married an FBI yeah. agent, not a not a mafia thug, not a hoodlum. It's true. And, yeah, um, it's absolutely. And true. and you know, it, it's the 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 stories that 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 intertwined throughout this film are amazing and they're and they're brilliantly played by everybody from um you know uh from from lefty having what we're uh, i'm not going to jump ahead but it, it, it's just fantastic and and when he sees um when they're on this boat the the fbi boat you, you mentioned abscam I, I don't know why that was never made into a movie that that should have been a movie somewhere Go look it up, yeah. people. Go look up Ab-Skin. Um, You know, for everybody that's under the age of forty and or or <laughs> you know didn't have a decent education and you didn't learn about it, go look that up. But um, the, this is where the trouble starts because the you know the 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 FBI are once again a bunch of idiots, and they put them on this AbScan boat and they didn't even bother to change the name that was on the back of it and ask him right. was a was a huge story then and donnie is afraid now that his cover is going to be blown because his superiors which you know he knows are are not superior to him in the ways of of um this underworld life have put him on this boat which is on the cover of time magazine for Christ's sakes and so he, yeah. he's worried about how things are going to go down. He's worried that, you know, this is going to be it for him. Um, but at first it isn't, they, they hadn't figured it out. Um, yeah. Bruno Kirby again, played by Nikki while he's down there. All these guys are trying to do their own thing while they're down there. And Nikki decides he's going to become a Coke dealer. This is where, you know, he's going to make some money and yeah. he he meets somebody and it happens to be in the same, uh, motel park that the FBI is in and at one point Depp is coming out from talking to his his FBI handlers and Kirby is is getting in a car you know with his uh two kilos of cocaine that he's going to take back to New York and turn into a, a big pile of money for himself and both of them are worried that the other has seen them but it turns out that Kirby is the one that goes down. This is it's implied in the movie and it's not seen, but this is almost how Depp makes his his bones. He he gives up Kirby, I believe. Um, and and in the seventies, getting into drugs was a huge no no in the FBI. And at one point, you know, it, it really shows. Uh, it really shows Pistone what's happening. Um, because then left Sonny Black. Orders Lefty to push a button on Nikki. And yeah. um, this is, you know, it, it, that's how it happens. You, you, you know, people that you know and you trust and you've loved all your life and you think have your back are the ones that walk up and, you know, take you out with, with a bullet to the back of the head. And um, this is really where I believe um, Depp thinks, you know, all right, it, it's it's time to go. It, it's it's time to go. It, there's he can't get any in any deeper. Um, he's he's seen everything and done everything. And am I jumping too far ahead?
0: No, no, I don't think no. you're jumping too far ahead at all. I think you've really you the, the chronological. The, the Chronology of what we're talking about—it fits directly into um, you know what's what's happening on right. in the background, uh, you know, situation where you know I'll you know kind of fill in some of the uh, some of the uh, the, the blanks in, in terms of that. After the meeting and after the vote is is done, you really you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the ineptitude of the FBI in this movie. And I think right. that's an underlying plot line that not a lot of people identify in this movie is that there's a lot more synergy. And this is very new. Two. The character. FBI, you know, oh, yeah, they hadn't inve-
1: yep. you know, they hadn't investigated in this way in a, in 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 the past. So the, they, you know, it, it was almost baby steps into learning how to do this. And Joe Pistone really, yeah. really wrote the book for them. And um, yeah, he and, really and
0: truly did. Yeah, I mean, being able to have that firsthand knowledge to know how these guys think and to know exactly how they were going to be able to do it, the FBI had no way of knowing. And, you know, we talk about the ineptitude of the FBI, but it was really something very new to them. So they really, they were, it was trial by fire. And you see in one of the, uh, the, the scenes where they're in the airport. And um, (laughs) it's one of, one of my favorite scenes of the, uh, of the movie where uh, death is coming up the, uh, the escalator and he's walking by and um, Donnie Brasco is in character. Richie Gotso is in character character. And there, you know, these two guys that are there seeing Sonny Black and his crew back off to Brooklyn. And Donnie's going to stay down in uh, in Florida and take care of business to get the King's Court opening. Mm-hmm. And he happens to see a guy that he knew from the FBI. And Donnie is doing everything he can to try to avoid eye contact with this guy. But, for you know, obviously, yep. plotline purposes, definitely. But as luck would have it, this guy looks at him and he goes, Joe, Joe, Pinto, Joe how you doing? He, you know, and he goes, How you doing? I remember you from and Depp just grabs this guy and gives him a couple of backhands and just, well, what are you, what are you doing? What are you know? And just completely, you yeah. know, like tr- tries to cover it as best he can and actually does a fairly good job. He doesn't raise too many eyebrows when he does this. And Gotso grabs the guy and he says, You know what the hell's going on? He's undercover. Stop it, you idiot! You know, you're gonna, you're gonna get him killed. Yeah. And it really, really is. It shows just how the fbi in terms of how they do business now in terms of how they did business then and right. it was just and this guy was just he was happy to see an old friend of his that he hadn't seen in a while and just wanted to come over and chat with him and didn't realize the severity of being undercover with the Where fbi and what the you have school. to do <laughs> really exactly <Dumbass>? really <laughs> and and just how you know always always make the assumption when you see an agent that he's undercover, never ever go and make an attempt to, you know, to do that. And obviously I know the FBI is probably masterful at doing this now, but at the time they just, they weren't really well versed in that. And this is what Depp is up against. This is what the stone is up against. You see, I think a lot of the, there's probably a lot more synergy between the Ruggiero character, between lefty and between Donnie that Donnie is sitting there probably thinking to himself, these guys are not protecting me. They're not doing anything to help me. I'm mm-hmm. spoon feeding them everything they're getting. And what am I going to get at the end of this? Probably nothing. You know, I'm probably going to get myself dead as a result of their and my idiocy best and killed. their stupidity. And my best friend is probably going to get killed. You see him make that um, claim throughout the entire movie. He even tells his wife Maggie at one point, I can't get out because if I'm out, he's dead. And yep. I can't pulled the trigger on my own friend like that, who's done everything for me, where she says, just please just get out. And Depp really has, I think, Roscoe and the kind of come together at that moment and have a breakdown and say, "I don't know what to do." And he really is—he's very yeah. much conflicted. Remember, about remember, about folks, what to this
1: do. is six years. This isn't six months. This isn't six yeah. weeks. It, it's six years that he was yeah. in there. That he was in with this family. It was six. Year, yeah. it, it wasn't one Christmas. It was six Christmases. It was yeah. you know living and breathing Easter, living yeah. and breathing this character, watching his his family crumble around him because you know to to be a good gangster he couldn't be a good father and to, you know and and living through every single ache and pain to see the look on on Lefty's face when um when Sonny Black introduced him to to Picante, uh, Picante, um down in Florida to, to to just watch every dream fade away and and for somebody like Joe Pistone this this is is killing him for somebody that that um that came into into this as one person and is now another um it, it, he he can't he can't come to grips with it in his mind that in the end, you know, it, if he gets out, if he if he walks away right now, his best friend is is gone, he's history.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's still that connection even though there was a a, a rift and a schism, I think, is, is a better way to put it. In the mm-hmm. trust that uh, um, that Brosco and Lefty had, had, and I think much more so on Lefty's hand, he felt very betrayed by Donnie. Um, yeah. You can see it on the boat where he says, "You're not, you're nothing to me now. You're not anything. You know, you're not there. I, I don't, I don't. You know, I, I don't even want to see no, you right belo- now. You, you know, I'm you, so you know, angry.
1: You don't belong you know, to me but, anymore. You belong to Sonny now."
0: Exactly. You know, that's that's it. You know, go go to your go to your new master and just leave me behind like everyone else has. Yep. And you feel the you feel the betrayal. But Brasco still looks at Lefty as a mentor and as a father figure. And he's there for him in a very, very uh, vulnerable moment. Uh, we had touched upon the relationship that Lefty had with his biological son who is in a hospital bed at this point. We cut away to a scene where he's in a hospital bed and he is clinging to his life as a result of a drug overdose. Now, that could indicate that, yes, he was a junkie and just had too much, or this guy was experimenting with drugs and had way too much and not something that he was used to having. Uh, But it shows why Lefty is so disgusted with his son. And he looks at him and he says, I'm disgusted. He does actually tell Donnie Yeah. You know, I'm I'm disgusted with him, but he's my son. What can I do? And you know, and Donnie kind of looks at him like as if to say, "Well, all right, yeah, I know." He he makes a comment about it, and he says, "You know, he has no respect left. He has no respect to you." He says, "Yeah, he doesn't, but he's still my son." And at that moment, Brasco realizes, you know, he's still a family man, and that's still his flesh and blood, and he still has feelings. He's not a complete unfeeling person, and it touches Lefty very deeply that Donnie came up from Florida and he even makes that comment. He said, what are you doing here? you are got to be down there. you are got to open up King's Court. You've got to make sure that that bar is ready. Sonny Black is dependent on you. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, look, I had to come back up here for another reason, which was actually to see his family. And when he does come back up, he finds out about uh, Lefty and uh, he does go to his side and his hospital room. So that's a really, I think poignant moment that shows the real connection between these two characters, the love that really has developed the father son type relationship love between these two that has developed. And it does show that both of these guys are much deeper than the characters that they portray.
1: Yeah, it really does. It it shows the fact that circles back to the, the beginning when we started this, when I, when I said that, you know, this is really a movie about friendship and, um, and how that friendship developed over the, the, the course of this movie, over the course of six years and, and how right now he is so torn between his own family breaking up and what's happening to Lefty's family, which is, he's become, you know, the biggest part of he's, you always want better for your kid. And I think in a way, that's the way that that Lefty is looking at um at Joe at this point um that you know yeah, you're supposed to be but you're supposed to be in Florida, you're supposed to be taking care of business for Sonny because you belong to him now. What the hell are you doing here
0: so yeah it, and
1: and and shortly after this, everything really comes to
0: a head, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think really, I think the climax of this movie, a lot of people will point to the end scene, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes because yep. I know we're up against it. But uh, in terms of this, I think the climax really begins with the raid that happens on the King's Court. Um, it's it's opening day and Sunny Black's club is there and they're raking in money and everything looks like it's going according to plan. Everybody looks like it's having a great time. And then in come the Florida police. And they're ready to raid this bar, and everyone is wondering how the hell they did it. It is revealed, it's not really overtly revealed, but it is implied at this point that this was raided on the word of Sonny Red, who was actually tipped off by Santo Traficante himself, who it turns out these two were working in league the whole time yep. and that it was gonna this was gonna be Sonny Red's way of eliminating Sonny Black and getting him out of the picture. Um, you know, so really I think it uh it's it's really, you know, this opportunity that kind of sets everything in motion. And Sonny Black's club is raided, you see the police go in, they you know, turn over the tables, they break all the stuff on the bar. I mean, they have basically made this place completely incapable of operation. And Sunny Black has to go back to Brooklyn with his tail between his legs, and he has to go back and now explain to the Monano family and his superiors why this happened and what happened and how it happened. And for the first time, you start to see some fear in Donnie because he's starting to wonder whether or not... It's going to be him that's suspected. He's the new guy in the crew. And let's face yep. it, you know, this probably wouldn't have happened without a leak, without, you know, a, a, without someone that's on the inside. And lefty makes this claim in the jail cell. When after they've been raided, all of, you know, Sonny Black's crew has been arrested. They're all sitting in there, Donnie included. And they're all saying, well, it's gotta be somebody. It's gotta be somebody. Somebody's the leak here. Somebody is the, is the rat here. Who is, mm-hmm. who ratted us out? And, you see the fear in Donnie's eyes that, you know, he's always looking over his shoulder. He's always, and we talked about this with the departed as well, in terms of, uh, you know, the characters of Colin Sullivan and Billy Costigan in that movie, they were always looking over their shoulder, wondering if someone was going to find out their true identity and the pressure that that must put on a character is unbelievable. And you see really three masters of their craft between Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio in the departed and Johnny Depp in this movie really just playing, I think that, role so well, and you feel the fear that these guys feel. But ultimately, Sonny Black has to go back and has to face the music. And he's believing that this is going to be his demise. This is going to be... And that's the way this sort of plot line is kind of, you know, flowing along. You know, he says, I got sent for. And in Mafia terminology, getting sent for means... Someone called you over because they're going to kill you. They're going to whack you. <laughs> and that's what everybody is waiting for. And Murph, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but Sonny Black says that, well, Sonny Red sent for me. I have to go and I have to go see him. So he's going to go and he's going to Sonny Red. And there's a lot of buildup to this moment that leads you to believe that this might be the Stones' demise. This might be the end of Donnie Brosco, that they're yep. setting things up. They even tell Donnie, wait in the car. And that's very unusual, Don. He's usually right by Sonny Black. He's usually right with Lefty and Nicky and all of the crew. And you see that he's left behind. And it makes you wonder, well, what's going to really happen here? And for anyone that hasn't seen the movie, this is one of those heart-pounding moments where you look and you say, okay, well, he's the main character, but could he possibly be the victim of what's going to happen here?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All of a sudden, you see... Sonny Red's crew come in, and he's looking on top of the world, and he's ready, and he's like, oh, we're going to get rid of Sonny Black tonight, and that's going to be it, and we're never going to have to hear from him or see him again. And sure enough, the lights go on, and Sonny Black's crew is waiting in this dungeon basement that they were going to be meeting in, and yep. they absolutely just level. Sonny Red's crew. This was an ambush. They were ready for him, And they come in and Sonny Black Sonny Red's crew doesn't have a chance to even react to it. Sonny Black's crew just completely annihilates these guys and kills them all. And then Donnie is called in and he sees the carnage that's just all over the place in this. Yep. And it really does it really does, you know, kind of open his eyes to a world that yeah. he really hadn't had to be involved in too much. Donnie was involved in a lot of no, criminal actions. This, activity, this but... was a
1: very clean movie as mo- as yeah. gangster movies, as mob movies go on until this point. Yeah. And, very and much, th- yeah, Yeah, it, you you didn't see a lot of you saw the seediness, but you didn't see the you know, you you heard about but you you really didn't see this kind of carnage which happened all the frickin' time. And Donnie yeah. Black knew that you know his button had been pushed, and it was either him or Sonny Red, and right. everybody else in his crew knew that. Well, if 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 Black goes down, there's a good chance that we're going down too. So we have to do what we have to do, and they did yeah. what they had to do. Um, I yep. don't know, you know, they don't get into you know, the the OKs or or anything else like that. But Sonny Red went down, and yep. this room, this this basement, you know in at his house um was, was basically turned into a a um a butcher shop after they had yeah. killed him and Johnny yeah. walks in and sees you know them being cut up and taken care of so they can dispose of the bodies and this is when he really sees what happens after you know Nicky who is part of, of Sonny Black's crew had had just been a part of saving his life and killing Sonny Red and his crew, he takes one. This is where he takes it to the back of the head, and right. you know, and Lefty looks at him. He's like, "There was the rat. He's down yep. there doing coke deals. He got. He was the only one that wasn't. You know, he's the he's the rat. So he yep. got taken out too.
0: So exactly. Yeah, and uh, in, in a in a moment of you almost see.
1: A moment I of clarity.
0: The, uh, oh, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and the look on Brasco's face is very it's it's really, really telling. Like he's looking at the two characters, Lefty and Brasco, are looking at one another as if to say, Well, no, he wasn't he wasn't the rat. Yeah, he was doing right. coke deals. He was he was doing narcotics, he wasn't paying up through the chain of command to Sonny Black. So yeah, I can understand that, but he wasn't the rat. And he's almost looking at Lefty in a way like, well, you know he's not the rat. What the hell are you doing? Do you know I'm the rat? (laughs) And Hmm. I think those are the the, the thoughts that are running through Brasco's head. There you go. But they have a job to do, and they do. They dispose of the bodies, and Sonny Black is now taking over Sonny Red's crew, and he's done what he needed to do to be able to advance in his line of work. And he is now top of the line, and he goes to Donnie with a task. And that task is, Sonny Red's son has disappeared. He's the only one of his crew that could possibly touch me. I want mm-hmm. you to take him out. And it's his son Bruno, uh, Sonny Red's son uh, Bruno, <laughs> to, uh, just to clarify yeah. um, for anyone that hasn't seen the movie. But anyway, that's exactly what's going on there. When he tells him now that he has to do this, Brass, this this is really the, the dividing line between is. Joe Pistone willing to completely become Donnie Brasco is he yeah. really willing to just leave his complete life of Joe Pistone aside the last meeting he has with his wife Maggie is very very cold as a matter of fact when he walks out um his wife is sitting there she's having you know breakfast with her children and they're telling her about you know what they did at school and he's looking at his family almost as a stranger. It's almost like he's looking at them through a periscope. You know, like they don't even have any idea I'm standing here. The wife looks up at him, barely, yeah, exactly, barely looks at him, just kind of glances up, glances down as if to say, yeah, I don't even care that you're there. And it almost fills his heart with like a coldness that's like, well, what am I really doing? They're living their life without me. Maybe, you know, maybe this is not my life anymore. And There's a real struggle going on between Joe Pistone and between Donnie Brasco to see which one wins. And you almost get the feeling like the Brasco character is really about to win out. He's really about to do this. He's willing to go that extra mile to make sure that Lefty is going to be saved. So he tasks Lefty with coming with him, and uh, um, Sonny Black does. He says, Lefty will go with you, but you're going to be the guy to do it. And Mm -hmm. in a way, it's almost Sonny Black's test. Tommy yep. To see he's if he's his bones. really one of them He's got to make his bones He's got to pull the trigger and kill um, Sonny Red's son Bruno And if he does that There's a big payday involved In you know in, in this as well yeah. If he doesn't then Sonny Black Is probably going to start to put the pieces together And realize well this oh. guy is not What yep. we thought he was He's the rat and we got to eliminate him
1: That's So it, I know. think in
0: a brilliant Brilliant crescendo to this movie And how they do this leads up to one of the more touching scenes in the movie where and i had alluded to this earlier it's lefty Ruggiero and donnie sitting in the car waiting for the word wait i was necessarily waiting for the word but waiting for the right moment to go in and to get bruno who is on his boat they find out that he's on mm-hmm. his boat um and that he's out at the docks and he's been hanging out and laying low there but they did get someone an informant to tell him that's where he's hiding out so They're waiting to go in, waiting for the opportune moment for Bruno to let his guard down and be able to make it easy for them to go in and kill them. And in his last, I think, ditch effort for Pistone to win out in the battle between Brasco and Pistone to see which person he's going to become, he makes a plea to Ruggiero and says... Lefty, you don't need to do this. What if I could guarantee you that boat that you've been wanting? What if I could guarantee you the money that you've been wanting? What if I could give you a way out? And Lefty kind of smirks and he says to him, There's, you know, how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna do this? And in a way it's a test, you know, to see how Brasco how is gonna come back and answer the question. And we alluded to the app scam earlier. He opens up the magazine and shows him the article and he said you don't think I knew that was an abscan boat? He says, what are you doing? What are you doing, Donnie? Who are you? And he's basically trying to call him out. And to Brasco's, car- to Brasco's credit and to Stone's credit, he's not backing down. He's saying to him, look, you think I thought that was an abscan boat? I didn't know where that boat came from. I got that boat. I was able to do that. We did it, and we can do this together. And at that moment, he's making, an honest I think, as honest of, of a plea as he's made in yeah you know, up until this point so far of saying, look, you know what? I have nothing else in this life who I was before is not even going to recognize me before we can get out of here and we can do what we want to do and be able to live a life that you always wanted to live. And we can get out from under Sunny Black. We can do this together. Lefty though he knows better, and he knows that even if he disappears and even if he goes away, Sonny yeah. Black's crew is going to find him. That's the nature of this business. And maybe find his the only family. naive they're going
1: to kill his family. Exactly. If he's not there, somebody is going to pay his price.
0: You know, right? He's not going to
1: let that happen.
0: Exactly. He won't let that happen to his family. And I think that's where you see the lefty character knowing a little bit more, being much more Yoda-like than than. Uh, yeah. Than then, you know, then then Brasco, who is really, I think, as Pistone been very much ahead of the curve in terms of how to tell the FBI to do their job, but still doesn't know everything there is to know about this world. He thinks he does, but he really doesn't. And they go to the docks, they get out of the car, they make the agreement that this is the way it's got to be. And this is how it's going to be. And, you know, Lefty knows that Brasco is so worried about having to do this and he's encouraging him and telling him, just do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. One shot in the head. You this you got this. And I'm paraphrasing here, but obviously that's how this uh this this shakes out. And right at the moment where they notice Sonny Red, Donnie's got the gun drawn, you see him, you almost feel that another heart pounding moment of is he going to pull the trigger or isn't he? And the lights come on and the FBI is there and they know what's going on. They take lefty they take donnie and they're yep. ready to just whisk these guys away and and arrest them on the boat and they take Sonny red as well so Sonny red son excuse me bruno. Yep,
1: bruno and
0: this is the way that that it goes down and you hear and probably one of the most quoted you know lines of the movie where you hear uh lefty screaming out to donnie don't say nothing donnie don't say nothing and he's still trying to help him from yep. you know from his perspective Uh, but Donnie is being whisked away, and you can hear them. It's over, Joe. You did it. You're done. We're going to go, and this is it. And now Joe Pistone knows that Donnie Brasco no longer exists, and he is going back to his life as Joe Pistone, but he's still extremely scared about his friend, and he knows that this has essentially doomed him to death. And that's essentially how the movie shakes out. Uh, The FBI pays Sonny Black's crew a visit, They show them pictures of Joe (laughs) Pistone with the FBI jacket on. He's hanging out with his FBI buddies, and these are real photos. You know, they're not doctored photos, although Sonny Black's crew tries to play it off like, oh, yeah, they're doctored photos. But uh, the look on Madsen's face is, again, I think a very understated performance by Michael Madsen in this film as well. I thought he did a great job as Sonny Black. Yeah, he looks at it, you know, trying to convince everybody around him where he says, I don't believe it. Nah. Nobody, you know. Imagine, you know, <laughs> people are trying yeah. to pass that off, you know. But well, they don't know Donnie, you know. You know, if you didn't know Donnie, you wouldn't know that those That's photos it. are fake. But and, and at again, that moment, people, you knows, have to yeah. realize
1: this is six years that they've known him, not six months. Exactly. Not, you know, yep. a year, six years. So yep. in their heads, they're they're just trying to not, no, no, no. They're protecting somebody else, and they're putting Donnie yeah. out there. There's somebody somebody got turned, but we know it's not Donnie, and. <laughs> And, yeah. and after that we get a we get a scene when the guys are all have been bailed out and, and Sonny Black is coming out of his his um coming out of his club with, with what's left of his crew and mm-hmm. later that evening uh Lefty's sitting in his Barca lounger, once again watching his uh his um his nature shows um yep. <laughs> and he gets the phone call and he knows yeah. what the phone call is. And you see him get up and tell his wife he's got to go out, and he le he he starts to take off his rings. He takes off his yeah. rings and he opens his his wallet and he takes the money out because he knows that these things are never going to come go come back. And exactly, he, he he knows his fate. He he's the one that introduced Donnie to them. He's responsible mm-hmm. for him. Um, and you know, even though they they had a hard time, you know, coming to terms with it by this time they know that it was true, that it was Donnie. And that's it for him. It's really the end of the the film right there. After that you see um you see Depp getting his, his little you know award from the from the FBI for the work that he did His wife standing next to him and his children standing next to him. Mm -hmm. This family completely torn apart. You see uh, Lefty's family completely torn apart. And the only family that's really left standing in all of this is the Mafia family because, you know, life goes on for them. You know, it's somebody else getting bumped up, somebody else getting taken care of. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic film from beginning to end. I can't recommend it enough for people. Um, it is worth the you know the the rental that you'd have to do, or if you see it in a um, in a DVD bin somewhere, pick this movie up because it doesn't belong there. It belongs in your collection, and um, it, it it was just a brilliantly made movie by um, true professionals from from our director to the the starring cast to you know the 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 people that played fringe roles in this. Um, it, yeah. It's just fantastic.
0: It really was. I mean, from start to finish, just a, a tremendous, tremendous film. Uh, some of the best performances, I think, that these guys have, have ever done. And that's saying yeah. a lot, considering the movie catalogs that a lot of these guys... I put this up there with some of the best work that Johnny Depp has ever done. Uh, oh, sure. some, of my favorite, some of my favorite work that Al Pacino has ever done. And, you know, I mean, Pacino has a a, a resume that will absolutely live forever, uh, you know, in the annals of, of great performances. I mean, this guy has had more great performances on his uh, uh, resume than some people have complete movie credits. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, but
0: I really, I really love the way that he played this character. It was a role that we're not seeing Pacino used to playing, and I know we've alluded to this a lot. He's used to play, being that bombastic center of attention, and you saw him play a much more subdued character here. Uh, Anne Hayes, you mentioned uh, James Russo, Bruno Kirby, uh, Michael Madsen. I mean, some of the great yeah. performances that you see in in this movie are really really amazing. Even just a little part that he plays, a uh, guy that I'm a big fan of, Paul Giamatti, uh, plays one of the FBI. Uh, you yeah, know, he does
1: uh, a, a little technician.
0: Yep, and he's there. And I think well, again, probably the most quoted movie. I think probably the most quoted line of this movie, and I even put it in the hashtag when we were uh, you know putting out this uh, podcast is "Forget about it." And about you know, uh, and uh, Stone's ex- explanation of what "Forget about it" means. And I'm yeah. not going to spoil it. and I'm not going to go into it. It's worth alone just being. It is. To, to do that. It really is. YouTube it. it. YouTube yep. it, see it. It's really, it, it is funny. And honestly, from an Italian standpoint, it's absolutely accurate. So I can tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> it really is. It's very, very accurate in terms of how that line is is given. Yep. I know, yeah. uh, you know, some other movies like Mickey Blue Eyes and stuff like that have given a li- you know, a little bit more on Forget About It. We saw that happen in The Sopranos, too. But this is probably my favorite explanation of it of all time. Yeah. coming coming from a non-italian
1: family, this was probably the first time i'd ever heard that on on film
0: yeah absolutely yeah. And, and you really, know, and, and i and, think and and it was and it's it. become part of
1: the lexicon of the 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 gangster genre and um, it it, it, yeah, yeah, please, please. It, it is the three-tiered yeah. explanation for it is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah,
0: it really is. It really, really is. And but just yeah, uh, no, a great. Yeah,
1: fantastic people. You you mentioned Paul Giamatti. Um, Tim Blake Nelson is also in yep. this. You guys all know him from Oh Brother Where Art Thou and so many other movies. Gretchen Moll is in this. In, is in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, you know Val Avery plays it, it It's just a star-studded cameo uh, of people throughout this film that, you know, it, it, it didn't really happen at the beginning of their careers, but they were just fantastic parts that great actors said yes to. And it, it's just, it's all part of this amazing movie that you you folks, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. If you've seen it, I hope we uh, inspired you to to watch it again.
0: Absolutely, and you know I, I really do hope that uh, that we've done that. And one final tidbit, which I will, uh, you know, uh, include the uh, the audience in. We've alluded to the fact that Lefty is most likely going to his death at the end of this movie, and that's right. the way the movie is implied. Although you never see it, it's never implied nope. in this movie. For anyone that's wondering what the actual fate was of Lefty Ruggiero and Joe Pistone, the two real characters in this movie. Lefty was actually intercepted by the FBI on the night that he was being sent for by Sonny Black's crew. So he actually was never executed by Sonny Black. (laughs) He was executed, uh, you know, after that. Yeah, that's actually, that's true. I actually, I was able to, to, uh, to pull that uh from uh, a nugget of obscurity uh but he actually no was intercepted yeah he actually was intercepted by the FBI on Pistone's orders uh that he was taken into uh into custody and uh that he was uh, um you know he was essentially saved that night uh but when he did get out he eventually was you know uh, executed by the uh, uh by the mob okay. but that was uh that was one of uh, the uh the uh the the pieces of tidbits that I uh, was able to uh, to dredge up which I was surprised that's something I did not know about this movie so I was really no, really surprised to see that and yeah the stone did everything he could to try to save his friend from you know that that fate uh but yep. uh anyone that's watching that uh the the lefty character lived on a little bit longer after that movie yep. um you know but uh in the movie it's I, definitely I don't think implied. lefty would be somebody yeah.
1: that could that could live in in uh, um, uh, witness
0: protection. I I, I don't think yeah. he's
1: somebody that could handle that. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: yeah. I, absolutely. And that's essentially what what happened in that uh, in that that. Circumstance, so mm-hmm. we end on that note in that little uh, piece of uh, tidbit. So uh, anyone that's uh, really attached to the lefty character uh, feel like uh, uh, the character had not been uh, assassinated in uh, uh, in that form. At least the way it's implied in the movie, he does get a little bit more time, um, you know, on this earth. So uh, that's that's essentially how that ended up playing out in real life
1: all right and then and that's why a lot of us come me that's why i keep coming back not you know only <laughs> spend time with with one of my good friends like that that was a great show folks we want to thank you all for being here we want to thank um for putting us on every week and it, it, it's just fantastic we're going to be back in a week or so with another episode of the shays bippy modcast but thanks so much for doing this with me it's just fantastic and i can't wait to get into uh into our our next movie we're going to we're going to sit down and we'll brainstorm and think about what we're going to talk about next time and I promise I promise the big ones are coming the big ones are coming so for Mike Abate, I'm Thomas Murphy until the next time the shay's bippy is closed